0: That was so amazing to hear uh, Bee's testimony. Wasn't, wasn't that great? It's so amazing to see, um, you know, how friendships develop, uh, Angela, and you've had a significant impact on Bee's life and bringing her here. And that's how fellowship happens. That's how Redeemer Life happened. And um, it's so fascinating to see... Um, influence that uh, our youth pastor, our um, children's pastor has had on the lives of our young people who have gone on. Some of them have gone on to college, and that influence carries on, and um, so Sam, I'm so thankful for, for someone who's so prayerful. You know, she, uh, Young B, our, uh, our children's pastor, just loves our kids so much. And she pours herself into the lives of our kids, and, and that shows up in their lives. So would you continue to pray for our children's ministry? I think that's so important, and continue to pray for B. And, uh, and, and for the whole team, the, for the whole team that she has developed around her, who very sacrificially give of themselves into the ministry. And, and some of those people have grown up now, they are youth ministry our young people's group is quite large we need to pray also for this ministry to grow and then god provides a a person who's able to give their uh, undivided attention to to our youth that is so important so i want you to know that we are praying for you and we are searching for people who would come and stand alongside you um Uh, But, of course, you do have uh, the launch of the youth group, right? When is that happening? It's Friday. Did someone win the competition yet? You don't know? What are some of the names that have emerged? Are you willing to share some of those names that have emerged? Did you all come up with some names? No, not yet? Not yet? What are some of the um, potential names? What do you, did you come up with something? No, youth group. I like that, youth group. The youth group. The, um, you know, the youth group to be at. Well, let's see, this is a secret. They they don't want to share their names right now. Oh, uh, um, Joe, do you have a name? No, that's shot down immediately. Shot down. And, and we accept that. No, no. That's shot down also. <laughs> all right. So nothing coming from that direction. You, you all keep it secret here and come and share it with me, okay? Don't, don't share it with your dad. Share it with me and we'll keep it between ourselves. Well, this is so exciting. When do you start meeting? <coughs> this Friday. Oh, this Friday, That's pretty neat. This week also is, I think, a very important me- week for um, um, the Covenant Church, the Covenant Church, has two very major conferences, national conferences that go on. I was um, speaking to a whole group of youth pastors. Yesterday, um, they have to take um, something that's a part of their continuing education. So I was responsible for um, the, um, the Bible, um, their continuing education in the Bible. And there was uh, two other sessions, one that was run by uh, a colleague of mine whose name is Sungchan Ra. I talked to him yesterday and said, "Sungchan, you've got to come to Redeemer Life. It's the best church in the whole of Covenant Church. So uh, he he accepted that offer. We just need to uh, come up with a date. Um, So uh, he has, he he should be coming sometime. Amazing, amazing person. Uh, Planted a church in the Boston area, and that church flourished so, so rapidly, and then came to North Park, became a professor of evangelism and outrage. So if, how many of you have heard Sung Chan before? You have? He's an amazing man. Amazing man. Uh, you also heard Max Lee, who's another amazing scholar. Um, and then the third person was uh, a woman. Uh, she's responsible for our uh, Christian Ministries Department, Beth Verson. Beth Verson did her PhD also at this amazing place called Trinity International University. So for some reason, I think we've all gone and captured North Park. You know, we're all from Trinity, and um, we've gone and um, taken uh, good positions at North Park. She she leads our U- Christian Ministries department, and I'm hoping that she would come as well. So it was amazing to see. Um, this whole group of people wanting to learn. Youth pastors from Colorado, from San Diego, from San Jose, and from all over. And um, let's pray for this conference that's going on. It's continuing on till next week. And I'm hoping that you would take advantage of it and, um, and go for the evening services. If you want to get a feel for what's the Covenant Church all about, I would encourage you to go. It's in the... You know, near um, O'Hare, um, the Rosemont area. Remind me, what's the what's the hotel called? It's the Hyatt Regency, I think. Am I right? The Hyatt Regency, and it's open to all. The evening services. You don't need to be registered for the conference. Uh, I'm hoping that the leadership will go there, and we'll probably have dinner with uh, uh, Pastor Peter Kim, who's here. Uh, well, who will be here, um, and so we'll have dinner and meet other Asian-American pastors um, who come together as well. Um, there is many, many Asian-American churches now. When I first started there about 15 years ago, maybe there were five, Peter Cha and a few others, but now there is a whole, it'll be... That, more than this room full of Asian-American pastors all over. So I would encourage you to go and meet them. Enjoy the worship um, and meet with uh, some of these amazing people. Uh, 7.30 every day from tomorrow onwards uh, in the Rosemont area, Hyatt Regency. Um, go in groups. I would encourage you to do that. If you can, um, that will be a good experience. We also need to be praying for China. Um, You know, this coronavirus is spreading so, so very rapidly. Um, um, Several people have died. Um, Whole cities have been quarantined. Um, And um, news reports that I've seen and and the BBC just um, depicts ghost towns where no one wants to get out of their houses. Um, so it is, it's very hard, it's a significant thing, scientists have to come up with solutions. Um, people just don't know how to engage with the coronavirus. Right in the midst of the Chinese New Year, the Year of the Rat, yeah, let's give a hand, that's pretty good. And he's, you're wearing red in honor of um, the, the Year of the Rat, um, which is a good thing in, in Chinese. Um, um, writing. Um, so, but let's pray. Would Would one of you pray, please, for um, for China and, and for Hong Kong and, and all of these areas uh, that are going through a, a rough time now? Um, I would also encourage you, kind of reiterate, uh, for you all to come to this evening's time, uh, 3 o'clock at uh, Barbara's Bookstore. These are opportunities to bring your friends so that they would be exposed to redeem a life and exposed to the gospel. Um, and then, of course, there's going to be also a congregation meeting today as well. So, a lot of things going on, a lot of things going on. Um, these iPads go to sleep from time to time. We are going through the series on um, uh, the book of Philippians, which is a a short book, Um, and um, uh, we could actually remain in one verse for the next one year or something, but we're not going to do that. There are some people who do preaching like that. Um, I am not going to do that uh, because we want to uh, be exposed to different parts of the Bible but let us continue with, with the book of Philippians and, and uh, engage with issues there. So would you, would you stand and let us read this uh, text together? It's from Philippians uh, chapter 1, and we are beginning at 18b, which just means the second part of verse 18 on to verse 30. And I want us to get a feeling for the heart of of this person called Paul the Apostle. Philippians 1, 18b-30. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and God's provision, the Spirit of Christ Jesus, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage, so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. That is kind of the heart of this. So may we say that again, loudly and clearly. Verse 21, For to me, to live is Christ, Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith so that through my being with you again in your blessed boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God. For, It has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in Him, but also to suffer for Him, since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. Oh Lord, we thank you for these amazing witnesses in the history of the church, people like the Apostle Paul, um, like Peter, like John. Um, like Luke, um, uh, like these amazing people that went all over the world and and suffered so much, O Lord, in dispersion, as refugees, as immigrants. Yet you use them. So enable us to learn from the life of your servant through your word. Speak to us, O Lord, we pray in the name of the risen Lord Jesus the word that became flesh, the message of God, enable us to hear you. In his name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. Well, do be seated. um, I want to very quickly draw a few lessons here. I have been spending some time with some of you, and um, um, this is about the time uh, in life when when your parents are going through a rough time. Um, these are people who, who left um, India, who left Korea, who left China, came here to, um, to the unknown. I mean, they left the, the known in Korea and China and other places, did medical degrees and, and did law degrees and so on and so forth, but, but for some reason left and came here. And they struggled, right? They struggled. They went through a hard time because they had to struggle with language. They had to struggle, struggle with, 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 uh, with, with written literature. They had to struggle with, with culture. And, and now is the time when they're struggling with issues of health, strokes, heart attacks, when that. Beautiful mind that was able to so creatively get into a new culture and, and influence a new culture as a medical doctor or, 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 or as something else is not able to do that anymore. Not able to, not able to speak like that. Not able to think like that. that. That beautiful body that was so strong and was able to do amazing stuff is not able to do that Um, that's the first generation. And we need to look at that. As a second generation church, we need to come up with ways in which we honor that first generation. Ways in which we can understand that first generation. Ways in which we can continue The vision of that first generation, of prayer warriors who really knew how to pray and continue to teach us so that we would know how to pray. That is something that's going on in the book of Philippians here. Do you see that? There's a reason why the Gospels are written. There's a reason why Paul wrote this epistle, because The original people who saw Jesus wanted to continue that gospel to be handed over to the next generation, and to the next generation, and to the next generation. I think it's awful when the first generation's vision kind of dies there. Now, I've studied a lot of the the revivals that took place place here in the United States. And and the sad part is that that revival that took place just died with that generation. Did you notice that? All those awakenings that took place stayed there. The next generation looked at them and said, "Ah, I'm not going to be like that. And obviously it did not carry into the next generation. Into the next generation. And I think we need to learn from people like Paul. And Paul knows that he's gonna die. He's probably gonna die in jail, which he did. He encountered so much hardship because those Roman soldiers were so cruel to people who were their captives, people who were in in jails under them. Pretty similar to what goes on in so many jails today, right? Think about China. Think about a lot of these places. But the reason Paul is writing is he wants to hand over to the next generation and say, I want you to learn from what I've gone through. I saw Jesus, and He transformed my life. I hope this happens to you over and over and over again. I am in jail, and you will be in jail, but I hope you carry on the same gusto, the same desire to be a witness to Christ. So as he goes on to write in this epistle here, and we've done some of the things already, he he starts off by saying, Christ is preached, and because of this, I rejoice. I rejoice. And, and so what Paul is saying is, you want to know the secret of how I came from Korea and how I came from China and how I came from India? It is this thing about ja, joy, charis So no matter what happens, my credo is, I will continue to rejoice. They can put me in prison. They can do whatever they want to to me. But you need to know this, that I will always rejoice. And when they see the joy on my face, it'll be like a slap on their cheek and it'll say, they cannot take that away from me. So rejoice. No matter what happens, I will rejoice. Secondly, no matter what happens, I know that you're praying for me. Well, That's another thing we need to learn from our first generation, right? They knew the meaning of prayer. They know the meaning of prayer. What is prayer? Prayer is getting into... Prayer is not just some words. Prayer is where you and I get into the pants and the shoes of the people who are going through hard times. We experience a sense of... I am there with you, my sister. I'm there with you, my brother. I'm there with you, Paul. I may not be imprisoned, but as I'm praying, I feel what you are feeling. And I feel what you're feeling so much so that I feel the way in which Christ Himself feels for you. That's what prayer is. And if we don't experience that kind of prayer, we are not praying. And Paul says, I know you're praying for me because I can feel it. I can sense it. So no matter what happens, Paul says, I know you're praying for me. Thirdly, no matter what happens, I will continue to hope. And in the New International Version that we read, it says deliverance. Hope in deliverance. The the Greek word there actually should be translated as salvation. There's this hope that no matter what happens, I will experience salvation. Now there's a couple of things that I should probably say about this. The word soterion, soterion, salvation. In, people have talked about this, theologians have talked about this still. I don't know, there's volumes and volumes. Go to Trinity Library, you'll find maybe you know 10 or 15 um, those bookshelves full of this one word. So what, So what is salvation? What is salvation? I, I, it seems to me that different parts of the church have got it ra, have, have got a very rather in, inadequate understanding of this word. There, there is this understanding that if you if you draw this figure here, and I've probably drawn this figure here previously. And uh, what do you think about this? What do you What do you what do? You, do, you, do you have a name for this figure? No, no name. Name. No name? Come on. Come on with a name. Sorry? Stick figure. No, that's so lame. Let's come up with something that is a cool name. A cool name. A cool name? Name? Mary? 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 I like that. You like hers? Sorry? Dancing Dancing lollipop. Is that okay? Dancing Mary Lollipop. How about that? Dancing Mary Lollipop. Dancing Mary Lolly. L O L L Y? I? Sorry. P O P? Lollipop. Okay. Dancing Mary Lollipop. I like that. So, you know, there have been different people that have talked about Dancing Mary Lollipop, and some people said, oh, Dancing Mary Lollipop is only worth thinking if she is not dancing, and she just thinks. So that's a very rational Dancing Mary Lollipop. Maybe she's boring to be around, because all she talks is professor talk. You know, economics and sociology and... You know, there's some people that are so boring to be around, like me, You know, <laughs> because all I think about is rational stuff. Um, but, and, and then uh, there are other uh, philosophers who said, well, you know, there's other people who really don't know how to think. They're irrational people. All they do is they're so excited about stuff. And you know you tell them a joke and they go ha 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 even if there's no joke in it and they are um, uh, they feel so much. You you start telling them a story and they're you know, in tears. It's like watching Hindi movies. Have you watched those? They're meant to have people weep all the time and dance all the time. And because they're not, they're so touchy-feely. And and they're irrational people. Others are very physical people. All they do is jump all the time. And, you know, they're not happy unless they're playing hoops. And so those are irrational people. So the problem is, what is the gospel? Is the gospel for the mind? Is the gospel only for the heart? Does it make you feel good? Is it for the body? And different periods of time in the church, they have kind of relegated it to one thing. So there's those people who believe in the social gospel, and, and they'll say, what does it mean to be saved? Go and feed people, make sure that they have nice housing, and that's the gospel, that's salvation. Others say, no, you need to change people's mind. That's the gospel. Give them the nice creedal statement. Tell them, what do I believe? And when they're saved, they say, I believe. That's what it means to be saved. Other people say, no, you need to feel something. You need to jump up and down. And unless you speak in tongues and you say, hallelujah, and all that, you're not saved. Right? Right? So different people have come up with different ideas of what does it mean to be saved. And it seems to me that we need to look at the whole of Dancing Mary Lollipop. (laughs) Dancing Mary Lollipop is not only a rational person. She is not only a touchy-feely person. She is not just a, a physical person. She is the whole person. And that is the gospel. When Jesus healed people, he saved the whole person. And that is the gospel of Redeemer life. We want to reach out to the whole person. And that's what Paul says here. I hope in that gospel, because Jesus is able to do far more than I can think and imagine. That is the gospel message of salvation. Fourthly, No matter what happens, Paul goes on to say, I will not be ashamed of Jesus. That's what first generation people did. You know, we come from cultures where the whole thing depends on honor and shame. Right? You either bring honor or you bring shame. And that's one of the reasons why Tokyo is the place where there's the highest suicide rate. Why? Because if you bring shame... To your family, you don't want to live. That's why in places like India and Pakistan, if you go against your family and a girl marries someone who's not from her family and brings shame to her family, what happens? It's called honor killing. Have you heard about that? You brought shame. And Paul goes on to say, No matter what happens, I will not be ashamed of Jesus. And the first generation people that came into this culture knew that. They were not ashamed of Jesus. Fifthly, and very quickly, no matter what happens, I will live a courageous life. And these are people of courage. Think about it. Isn't that amazing? If you, if you look at the lives of our forebearers, these are people of courage. They are courageous people because they always hoped in the life of Jesus in their life. There's two words in Greek that kind of go together. So I want you to hear this. The word parousia refers to the second coming of Jesus. The word paresia refers to courage. And they are always going together in the Bible. If we don't have hope in the second coming of Jesus, we will have no courage. So Paul says, I have hope because I hope. That Jesus will come and He will bring His kingdom. He will come today and He'll bring about His kingdom, and that gives me courage. And that's what the first generation exhibited. Then, second, uh, sixthly, no matter what happens, I will not be afraid of death. That's so amazing, right? And the first generation exhibited that they weren't scared of death. If you and I are scared of death, we will go nowhere in life. But when we say, no, I'm not scared of death, because Jesus wasn't scared of death, we will make progress in life. Seventhly, no matter what happens, Christ will be honored in this life and beyond. And I think that's a decision we need to make every day. In decisions we make, do I say that I'm doing this to bring honor to Christ? Or not? Will I be ashamed of what I'm doing today when I am in the presence of Christ no matter when it be, whether it be tomorrow, or it be 20 years from now? That is what our forbearers did. And then, very quickly, he goes to his motto. What is that? For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Can you say that? For me To live is Christ, to die is gain. That's the center, the nucleus of his whole life. That it is Christ, it's Christ, it's Christ, it's Christos, it's Christos, it's Christos. And when I keep that as the center of my mind, of of my focus, of my life, things will be all right. And when we do that, very quickly again, I'm going to give you five other things, words of wisdom that Paul and the first generation gives to us. When we keep these things in mind, he goes on to say, we will live lives worthy of the gospel. Our lives will be speaking, not words, but our lives themselves will speak to people. And that is a deeper kind of speaking. We are so used to speaking to people that we have forgotten that our lives speak. And those cannot be contrary to each other. There's too many Christians who speak, who talk the talk, but their lives do not talk the talk. Their lives say something else, but people are watching that, especially young people, you know. If I am not being authentic, you can see that, and you will not want to listen to me because what's the point? So Paul goes on to say, live lives worthy of the gospel. Secondly, have a unity of mind and purpose, and they kind of go together. When there's authenticity, then there is unity. I don't want to fulfill my own selfish desires but I want to be one as a congregation. We will be going into the, um, our congregational meeting, and my prayer is that that's what we would seek, unity of mind and purpose, because it's not me, it's Christ. Then thirdly, never be afraid of opposition. When there is Lives that are lived, worthy of the gospel, when there's unity of mind and purpose, then we'll never be scared of opposition. Fourthly, be ready to suffer for Christ. And fifthly, always struggle to become like Christ. Now let me say a little bit, very quickly, about these three things going together. There's a word that is used for a person by the name of Jacob who goes and wrestles with God. Do you remember that? You find that in the book of Genesis. And as he struggles with God, God says to him, your name will be Yisrael. You will always struggle in your life. And that's a good thing. Because if you and I don't struggle then we are not going to become like Christ. There's the famous um, you know, sh- um, illustration that's given, and you probably heard about this, about this little boy. Who was so excited about this, um, this caterpillar? And he says, I wanna see this caterpillar, how this caterpillar glows. And so his mom says, All right, you know, go get a caterpillar. And he found a little uh, bottle for the caterpillar and, and fed the caterpillar. And, and then one day he found this caterpillar went up this leaf, and, and um, it, 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 it something started happening to the caterpillar. And the, and the little kid was really scared. He went to his mom and he said, well, What's happening to the caterpillar? You know, something's happening, and, and there's a the cocoon thing that developed around the caterpillar. You've heard that story, right? And then he, um, then he sees that there's a hole, and the mom says, there's going to be a butterfly that will come out of this, this cocoon. You see that? This will be so great. And, and he sees that every day and, and there's this hole and, and he sees something struggling to get out of that hole and he said, oh no, no, poor little thing. i got to do something about it. So he goes to his room and what does he get? He gets a pair of scissors and he says, oh, I'm going to help this little thing to come out and he takes the scissors and he opens it up and of course, the little thing comes out, but it's really big, and there's little wings, and this little thing is just flipping, flapping around, not able to fly at all. And he goes to the mother, and he says, I don't know what happened, Mom. This little thing is not flying. You said I'll become a, a good b- a butterfly. And, and the mom said, You wanted to help this little thing, right? Right? But what you did was really wrong. This little thing did not become a beautiful butterfly because you don't, did not help, did not allow this little thing to struggle. And to struggle. And to struggle to become a beautiful butterfly. And that's what Paul is saying to the second generation. You will struggle, but that's good for you because your dependence will be on God. And that's what we learn from the life of Jesus, right? Jesus showed us how to struggle, how to go into the Garden of Eden and pray. Pray holistically. Pray not just with His mind. Pray not just with His body. And sometimes we relegate it to positions. Pray not just with feelings, but His whole being. Till drops of blood were falling because His whole being struggled for you and me. That we would become like Him. And that's what we do when we celebrate the Lord's Supper. When Jesus went to his disciples and he said, This is my body that is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The word remembrance there in the Greek and the Hebrew doesn't just mean a mental reminder. It means a whole being. The whole of dancing Mary lollipop comes before God and comes into the presence of this God who has become man and say, I'm willing to be broken, Oh Jesus, like your body was broken. I'm willing to suffer Oh, Jesus, just like you suffered, just like the first generation of Christians, yes, Paul suffered, just like the first generation of immigrants suffered, I'm willing to suffer. And then Jesus said, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, that is poured out for you. We should be willing to be poured out just like Jesus. His blood was poured out. That is the meaning of participating in the Lord's Supper. Are you willing to do that? Let's pray. I'm going to request our uh, servers to come forward as we uh, continue to remain in this attitude of, of prayer. And as we pray, would you pray for our first-generation immigrants, your, your parents, perhaps your grandparents, who are going through a hard time, just like the early Christians. And perhaps you're going through a hard time in your life, physically, spiritually, emotionally? Would you come before the Lord and say, Lord, what do you want me to learn about your suffering through this suffering? Help me, O Lord, to become more like Jesus in what I'm going through now. Help me to struggle in that cocoon of what I'm going through, that as I come out, I may be a beautiful butterfly. So, Lord, as we finish this time of um, this awesome, awesome time of worship and of communion, of partaking of your body and your blood, we pray, Lord, that we would carry on the mission of Jesus through our lives, through our bodies, through our words, through our mind, through our hearts, through our spiritual being, through our physical being, take it all, O oh Lord, and use it for your glory, so that we would be able to say, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Take us and use us for your glory, O Lord, as we seek to, struggle to, become more and more like Jesus. So, beloved, as you go into the world and live this motto, may the Lord bless you and may He keep you May the Lord make the face of Jesus shine upon you in this week, in the days to come, so that people would say, you're different. I see Jesus in you. May they say that about each of you. And may they say that I see a peace in you in spite of everything, a peace that transcends all understanding. Go in this, the name of Jesus, who died for our sins and rose again for our justification. In his name, go into the world. Amen.